Welcome to Solace, Soul Plus Grief. I'm your host, Candy Lucas. We Catholic cemeteries know that the loss of a loved one has a profound effect on our lives, and we would like to help you deepen your faith, pay attention to where God is moving in your life as you grieve, and call upon the love of God to accompany you. Each week, We take a different text or scripture or poem or maybe an idea from the Holy Spirit and we use that idea or poem or song to help us reflect more deeply on our grief and God's place in our life and God's place next to us as we grieve. Please remember you're always welcome in our circle of healing love and support. I read an article recently that described the grief process as swimming through the ocean. That each new stroke brought a slightly different experience. Some strokes were easier than others. Sometimes the waves set you back, but on you continued. We do continue our lives one way or another. And so today I thought I'd talk to you a little bit about a book by Joan Didion called The Year of Magical Thinking. The book recounts Didion's experiences of grief after the death of her husband, John Gregory Dunn, in 2003. Didion's reliving and reanalysis of her husband's death throughout the year following it, with the focus on certain emotional and physical aspects of the experience shifts. She also incorporates medical and psychological research on grief and illness into the book. The title refers to magical thinking in the anthropological sense, thinking that if a person hopes for something enough or performs the right actions, then an unavoidable event can be averted. You may have had the experience of reliving the time when your loved one died and wondering about the aspects of the death Had you done something differently? Had that person done something differently? Had you been in a different place? Had it been a different day? If you hadn't have cooked what you cooked? If you hadn't have gone to the store? So many ifs that we have to let go of. Joan Didion reports many instances of her own magical thinking, particularly the story in which she cannot give away her husband's shoes 
as he would need them when he returned. She applies repertorial skill for what she has known to her own experience of grieving. There are very few expressions of raw emotion. Through observation and analysis of changes in her own behavior and abilities, she indirectly expresses the toll her grief is taking. She's haunted by questions about the medical details of her husband's death the possibility that he sensed it in advance and how she might have made his remaining time more meaningful. Fleeting memories of events and persistent snippets of past conversations with John take on a new significance. As you may know, her daughter's health problems and hospitalizations further compound and interrupt the natural course of grief. In a description of this book that talks about the natural course of grief, I wanted to find who wrote those words and say, what is that? If you could give us all that natural course of grief, wouldn't we all be better off if we had a little booklet to follow? This happens on day one. This happens on day two. This happens on day three, and so on. And in a year, you'll be better. Or in two years, you'll be better. Or the fact is, you'll never be better. While it may sound that this book is a bit of a downer, it's not really. And in fact, I wrote in my own copy in my library that I wanted my sons to have it after my death because it gives honor to that process. It gives you an idea of the chaos and coming through the chaos. And in the end, it's a very worthy companion to the grieving. It reminds me of what Khalil Gibran talks about in The Prophet on joy and sorrow. Then a woman said, Speak to us of joy and sorrow. And he answered, Your joy is your sorrow unmasked. And the selfsame well from which your laughter rises, was oftentimes filled with your tears. And how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you shall find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. When you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see 
that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. Some of you say, Joy is greater than sorrow. And others say, Nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you, they are inseparable. Together they come, and when one sits alone with you at your board, remember that the other is asleep on your bed. Verily, you are suspended like the scales between your sorrow and your joy. Only when you are empty are you at a standstill and balanced. When the treasure keeper lifts you to weigh his gold and his silver, needs must your joy or your sorrow rise or fall. That brings to a close another episode. I'm Candy Lucas, your host, aftercare coordinator for Catholic Cemeteries in San Jose, chaplain and spiritual director. Please support us by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or Spotify. You can contact us through the telephone number or email on the show notes. We always welcome your comments and suggestions for future episodes. Spiritual direction is always available for those who are grieving through Catholic cemeteries. Be gentle with yourselves. Travel with God. Via con Dios.